it's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Yup, yes it is. Here we go, here we go. Coming to you live from the greatest country in the world, broadcasting from the tippy top of the world-famous Fox News headquarters in New York City. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon, a man who did not testify on Capitol Hill yesterday about biological men competing against biological women. Riley Gaines, my pal, with a heroic day on the Hill that's getting her called a transphobe by the left. Democrats are so full of crap. They really are. No, None more so than Adam Schiff, who got censured yesterday for lying about Russian collusion. He should be behind bars. He really should, but the Schiff man says he's proud and he'll wear the censure like a badge. This guy's a serious ass. Is he ever? We're going to discuss on a big day uh, that includes retired NYPD inspector Paul Morrow, who will break down the sweetheart deal the feds gave Joe Biden's kid. Hunter's a dirtbag. Agree or disagree? 888-788-9910. All are welcome. All ideologies. All political part. We don't care. It's America. E pluribus unum. Out of many, one. Freedom! That's how it works here. So you can be a Republican. You could be a Democrat. All we ask is that you don't be a <laughs> happy Thursday, everybody. We're fired up for this one. Uh, I will be here with you on the radio for the next three hours. Then you'll see me at 6 p.m. with Dagan McDowell and Sean Duffy on the bottom line. And then tonight at 9 o'clock, I will be on with Sean Hannity. We're doing a live uh, studio audience show. It's going to be a banger tomorrow. It's a good programming note for everybody who's a fan of the Fala family. Uh, Lincoln Fala and Jenny Fala making a triumphant return to the studio, co-hosting uh, a good portion of tomorrow's show, if not the whole damn thing. It's just been that kind of week, and uh, we're going to get the band back together. The Jackson 3, live in studio. I always say Fox Across America is America's family meeting, and to prove it, I bring my actual dirtbag family. Shut your mouth. Whatever. I'll pike down for a minute because we need to cede the floor to Riley Gaines. Riley Gaines, really quickly is such a courageous woman in this day and age. For real, for real. Start with a tip of the cap of her. Now, I met Riley Gaines uh, down in Washington back in May along with her boyfriend. They're both, of course, competitive swimmers. Really sweet people. But people who were tired of what she called emotional blackmail. And what I mean by that is when it comes to the battle over biological men competing in women's sports... Democrats successfully created a gap between what people believed to be true and what they were willing to say in public. And what I mean by that is everybody knows biological men have an advantage over biological women. It's a known thing. Okay, and I'm not saying that as some kind of a transphobe. I'm saying that with a guy who has seen the reality of competition. The winner of the New York City men's marathon beats the winner of the women's marathon by 15 minutes. And that's in New York where women are running extra fast because they're probably getting chased. This could be a problem. Have you been here? My goodness. But the winner of the New York City women's marathon wouldn't make the top 50 on the men's side. 
okay, just the same as, you know, you've heard the famous stories about the women's U.S. Olympic soccer team losing a scrimmage to a bunch of 15-year-old high school boys, 5-2. to two. Okay, the point is there's a storied case history for men having a biological advantage over women that doesn't make me a transphobe, that doesn't make Riley Gaines a transphobe, if anything, that makes her someone who agrees with Serena Williams, who famously said that she didn't want to play against male athletes like Andrew Murray because men were bigger, they were faster, they hit the ball harder, and she'd get shut out in five minutes. Let me play this for you really quick. Okay, here is Serena on The Late Show with David Letterman. It's a little bit of a throwback clip. But here is Serena Williams, long before Democrats cooked up this social pressure campaign that forced everyone to abandon biology and pretend they didn't know the difference between men and women's sports. Here's Serena Williams, the greatest female athlete of all time. Clip four. For me, tennis and men's tennis and women's tennis are completely almost two separate sports. So I'm like, if I were to play Andy Murray, I would lose 6-0, 6-0 in five to six minutes, maybe 10 minutes. Because it's, no, no, it's true. It's honestly, true. It's a completely, really? it's a completely different sport. The men are a lot faster and me and um, they, they get, they serve harder. They hit hard. It's just a different game. Mm-hmm. And I love to play women's tennis. And I, I only want to play girls because I don't want to be embarrassed. I would not do the tour. I wouldn't do Billie Jean any justice. So Andy, stop it. Yeah. We're not going to, I'm not going to let you kill me. I admire your honesty. Yo, did you hear that? That's the greatest women's tennis player of all time saying I would lose in five to six minutes, maybe ten minutes if I was lucky. It's a completely different game. The men are faster. They hit the ball harder. It's just a different game. I don't want to get killed. I'm not playing the men. Okay, that's Serena Williams, greatest women's tennis player of all time. Do you understand the people that are trotting out on Capitol Hill yesterday are saying with a straight face they don't see a difference between men and women? Come on, don't bullshit me. Okay, listen to this clip. This is Kelly Robinson. She's the president of the Human Rights Campaign, cross-examined by Ted Cruz, clip one. Do you believe there's a difference between women and men? It's a yes-no question. It is, it, do you believe there's a difference? Oh, I think that we're talking about this case with the No, I'm asking a question. Do you believe there's a difference between women and men? Most I, people could answer this very simply. I'm curious if you're willing to do so. Oh, absolutely. I'm just putting it into the context of is the that conversation yes? that we're having. I think that there are definitions related is, to is, sex. Is, is that a yes? So I'm that trying to get a yes or no. I'm not trying to get, get a speech. Oh, I, is I'm, there a difference between women and men? I think that there are definitions for biological sex. Okay, so you're not answering that. Than- you are so full of sh- And why can't she give him a definitive answer? Because it blows up their whole entire grift. Bingo. This whole grift hinges on the pretend. The pretend that there aren't biological differences between men and women that we've been acknowledging for 50, to be clear, since the beginning of time, okay? But I can tell you in pop culture, this clip's 50 years old. Boys are boys from the beginning. If you were born a boy, you stay a boy. Girls are girls right from the start. If you were born a girl, you stay a girl and grow up to be a lady. But Fred Rogers would be considered a transphobe by the modern left, where biology is considered hateful and bigoted. Just the same as Serena Williams is now a transphobic bigot 
Are they going to pressure Nike to drop her sponsorship deals because he told you the truth? Okay, but that's what she did. She told you the truth. Here's Kelly Robinson trying to further the scam, and she won't speak to whether or not men have an advantage over women in sports. Clip two. Do males have an advantage over females biologically in sport? I'm not a physician, and I, I can't speak to that. What's your real-world experience? I mean, there are some people who are born male that I'm faster than if I were to sprint against them and some that I'm not. Men you and don't some believe that, are that a biological male has a physical advantage in sports over a biological female? Not as a, a definitive statement. How many female members of the NBA do you see? There's been this news article about men that think that they could beat Serena Williams in tennis, right? That they think that they could actually score a point on her. Um, And it's just not the case. You're not telling me the truth. Okay, here is Riley Gaines chiming in that Venus and Serena Williams lost to the 203rd-ranked male tennis player. Clip three. Both Serena and Venus lost to the 203rd-ranked male tennis player, which they're phenoms for women. Um, my experience, my husband, he swam at University of Kentucky as well. In terms of accolades and in terms of national ranking, I was a much better swimmer than him. Um, he could kick my butt any day of the week without trying. Think about that. But Riley Gaines should be applauded because you understand Riley Gaines is trying to close the gap between what people believe and what they're willing to say publicly. Do you understand when you control the language, you control the people. The Democrats are actively trying to erase women. Okay, in the 50th anniversary of Title IX, they're now pushing Title IX inches. What the hell did you just say? Okay, but Riley Gaines is speaking to the truth. Biological men have no place in women's sports. And I'm not saying that because I'm anti-trans. I'm saying that because I'm pro-women. Okay, that's how this works. You could have a special category for transgender athletes if you really wanted to, but the Democrats don't want that. That would be tolerance, and tolerance does not allow for grievance. Okay, we tolerate and support the existence of transgender people. We're just saying they can't exist at the expense of anybody else. But this whole idea that they're under attack is a scam. This whole idea that they're being denied access to sports is a scam. We're not talking about whether or not they can compete The only thing we're talking about is what kind of uniform they wear. I think he's got a point. And whether or not they do it on a level playing field. Okay, if you're a biological man, you can compete in sports. This debate's over whether or not you can do it dressed as a woman. Here's the thing. If you want to be a biological man who transitions, fine. Look like a woman. Dress like a woman, but compete against the boys because that's your biology. Okay, that's tolerance. That's acceptance. We'd all be on board with it. You know who wouldn't? The Democrats, because they wouldn't have any more division to push. They bank on the division. They bank on telling you you're hateful. You're a bigot if you don't give them what they want. And for that reason, people played along. And somebody like Will Thomas, again, to the point about men not having an advantage over women, Will Thomas was the 462nd ranked male swimmer in the country. 462. He transitions to a woman. He's ranked number one. That's not right. In what world are you going to tell me there wasn't an advantage when he switched from a man to a woman? He went from 462 to number one. Okay, in men's tennis, again, the 203rd ranked tennis player beat Venus and Serena Williams. 
So this idea that we're supposed to pretend this is fine and it's fair to women, understand, every single time a Democrat tells you, oh, we're the party of women. Yo, the party of women doesn't go to this length to erase women. The party of women, okay, doesn't go to this length to emotionally blackmail people into compliance. Okay, let me give you this. Here's Dick Durbin as Riley Gaines is explaining that women are being trampled. Okay, she makes a point early on that no one asked for their consent. All right, you're now getting dressed with a biological male. Here's Riley Gaines tearfully detailing that story. Clip nine. In addition to being forced to give up our awards and our titles and our opportunities, the NCAA forced me and my female swimmers to swim to share a locker room with Thomas, a six foot four, 22 year old male equipped with and exposing male genitalia. Let me be clear about this. We were not forewarned we would be sharing a locker room. No one asked for our consent, and we did not give our consent. And I'll, I'll set the scene. A swimming locker room is not a place of modesty. You're undressing. You're fully exposed. And we were forced to take off our swimsuit in front of a man who was doing the exact same thing. It's people with a dirty mind that think like that. So think about that. If you're listening to the show right now, you have a daughter. She's now going to be getting dressed in a locker room with a guy who has a wang. And I'm not shaming wang havers. I don't know what the term should be. Okay, but I am one. Uh, But I'm telling you, they have no place getting naked in front of women without their consent. This was supposed to be considered a crime. And again, it doesn't mean you can't be trans. Get either get your own locker room or get dressed with the people whose biology you align with. But here's Dick Durbin shaming or at least attempting to Riley Gaines. Clip seven. At the same time, leaders on the far right are promoting anti-LGBTQ rhetoric. During this year's Conservative Political Action Conference, one speaker was applauded when he declared, and I quote, transgenderism must be eradicated. We must reject this divisive and hateful rhetoric. And at this point, I'd like to remind our colleagues, our children are listening, and they are in danger. In fact, today, transgender youth are among the most at risk of homelessness, depression, and death by suicide. So when these young people who are already struggling hear politicians amplify hateful rhetoric that denies their very existence, what message does it send? We have a responsibility to support all of our children, no matter how they identify. That was embarrassing. Yeah, we have a responsibility to support all of our children, no matter how they identify. Unless, of course, they identify as biological women. It's emotional blackmail. Here's Riley Gaines calling it out, clip eight. And that's, that's the traumatizing part. Of course, the experience in and of the locker room itself is traumatizing, but I think for me, it was so easy for them to dismiss our rights to privacy. Um, Senator Durbin, in, in your opening statement, you had mentioned this rhetoric. It's, um, you had mentioned that what message does it send to trans individuals? And my combat to that is what message does this send to women, to young girls who are denied of these opportunities? So easily their rights to privacy and safety thrown out of the window to protect a small population, protect one group as long as they're happy. What about us? That is the overall general consensus of how we all felt in that locker room. Good for her. Standing ovation. Standing ovation because you can't imagine how much social pressure is on a college campus against somebody who wants to show up and just tell the truth. The truth on behalf of all women. She didn't say screw the trans people. She didn't say they can't exist. She didn't say they can't compete. All she's saying again and again and again is that female athletes should eat a lot of fruit, but they shouldn't have nuts. 
Across America with Jimmy Fallon. We'll be right back. Listen to the all new Brett Bear podcast featuring Common Ground, in depth talks with lawmakers from opposite sides of the aisle, along with all your Brett Bear favorites like his all star panel and much more. Available now at foxnewspodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Just trying to call a fair fight over here in a time of immense emotional blackmail. Listen to Kelly Robertson on Capitol Hill yesterday telling us LGBTQ people are going to die if we don't just shut up and give them our way. Clip six. On behalf of HRC's more than three million members and supporters, I've come here today with a single message. The LGBTQ plus people of the United States are living in a state of emergency. This is not an exaggeration. This is not a yes, dramatization. More than 525 anti-LGBTQ plus bills have been introduced this year in the states. More than 220 of those bills target the transgender community, many targeting children, trans, transgender children. And more than 75 of those anti-LGBTQ plus bills have now become law. Nobody is attacking your children. Do you see how anti-LGBT, no, 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 it's not anti-anything to tell an underage kid he can't chop his junk off. No one is saying you can't get a job if you're trans, you can't exist in society, love who you want, date who you want. We're just saying wait until you turn 18 to do it. But instead, they've slanted the conversation to try to convince you that they're all under attack. He's a lousy dad, but he's right. It is Fox Across America with your main man, Jimmy Fallon, reachable to you, the listener, 888-788-9910. Paul Morrow is coming up. He's a retired NYPD inspector. He has a lot of questions after the Hunter Biden plea deal, the main one being... Are you the big man, Joe? Looks an awful lot like they structured this deal to shield the guy in the Oval Office. We'll get into that with Morrow. Heather Robinson uh, writes frequently for the New York Post, is going to weigh in on the war on women... That is being waged by Democrats in Washington. I mean, wow, what a scam. But here we are uh, talking about the goings on on Capitol Hill yesterday. We would be remiss if we did not also acknowledge Adam Schiff, who I got to be honest with you, man, as dirtbags go in Washington, pound for pound, Pound for pound, Adam Schiff's got to be on the metal podium. That's true. That is true. Okay, this is a dirtbag, do you understand, who got on TV every day for three years. He still insists today that he has proof of collusion. Would you shut up? Adam Schiff, yesterday, during the Durham testimony, tried to take the fight to John Durham over Russia and whether or not they reached out to the Trump campaign. Here is Adam Schiff, okay, all the way back during the Mueller probe, telling us he had beyond circumstantial evidence that Trump colluded with Russia. 
Now, of course, we know when he was under oath and he was asked whether or not he had this proof, what did he say? Not even close! No. Okay, he testified differently off the air than he did publicly. Okay, that's the scam. I always tell you this. The litmus test for being on the show on a regular basis is obviously you can't have a big vocabulary because you're going to overwhelm the host. But understand at the same time, what do I say? Everybody I have on this show repeatedly comes on because I've talked to them off the air and they mean what they're saying on the air. Okay, Adam Schiff is a guy who goes on TV. He's a performer. Oh, we got collusion. He's the guy with the collusion, with the really hot girlfriend who doesn't live around here. We got collusion. Can we see it? No, no, it's on a modeling shoot right now. Oh, okay. When are we going to meet the collusion? Well, not this week. It's uh, she's in Canada. Well, okay. Is she coming back anytime? We'll see. Okay, here is Chef telling us about the collusion that we never got to see. All you have right now is a circumstantial case. Uh, actually, no, Chuck. Uh, I, I can tell you that the case is more than that, uh, and I can't go into the particulars, but there is more than circumstantial evidence now. So, um, again, I think... So you have Clapper, seen direct evidence of collusion? Uh, I don't want to go into specifics, but I will say that there is evidence that is not circumstantial uh, and, uh, and is very much worthy of investigation. Garbage like you just makes me sick. Beyond circumstantial... And very much worthy of investigation. That is a fact check false. Now, the reason this is disgusting, because you hear that he's speaking in legalese. He didn't say, well, I definitely have it. Worthy of investigation. He's giving himself an out. Now, why is he giving himself that out if he knows he has the goods? It's because he knew he didn't have the goods because the entire Durham probe, as he knew at the time, as we now know, he knew at the time, was based on the Steele dossier, all of which was created and funded by the Clinton campaign. So when he was back on TV in 2017, 2018, saying it's worthy of invest, anything's worthy of investigation. Did you hear that noise? Go check it out. Okay, he spoke in legalese, but the media that were just printing money over the Get Trump ratings. Oh, the walls are closing in. He's going to take a perp walk out of the Oval Office. The kids are going to testify against him. The media is a bunch of losers. Okay, but they were all hand-in-hand not getting it wrong. Okay, saying that they got it wrong would imply that they tried to get it right. Okay, understand, the reason this is despicable is they knew it was wrong, and they ran with it anyway. This is politics as usual. But it shouldn't be. Okay, we shouldn't have a fight for power in Washington so desperate that they're willing to light the country on fire to get their way. Do you understand? We live in an era where people's emotions are their facts. Yelling that Trump was a Russian asset controlled by Vladimir Putin, the hugest conspiracy in the history of the world. Anybody who ever tells you we didn't land on the moon is not half as crazy as the people who tell you that Russia was running our government from the Kremlin. Okay, it's absurd. Okay, you were called a conspiracy theorist if you said Hunter Biden's laptop was Russian disinformation. Dude, it is. Okay, they've admitted it. The newspapers who denied it initially now all admit it's true. We know it's true. The guy just pled guilty to crimes related to the laptop. Okay, yet they labeled you a conspiracy theorist for that. But understand, the people labeling you a conspiracy theorist spread the biggest conspiracy in the history of our country. Russia took over the government. We're not in charge anymore. The classic exercise in projection. Adam Schiff went on TV every night. He should be in jail. 
Okay, you realize what that did to society. A lot of people believe to this day Trump is a Russian asset. Never mind that two years of his presidency, like Trump or hate Trump, it's very hard to govern when every world leader you meet with is half convinced you're going to jail or getting thrown out of the office. Do you really have a lot of leverage on the world stage? No, but that was the point of the probe. The process was the punishment. They knew they couldn't find collusion because they knew they didn't have any going in. So the whole purpose of the Mueller probe was to get Trump to self-destruct, fire Robert Mueller, and create the perception that there was a there, there. Ah, you have a good eye, my man. Okay, anyone should be able to see that, not just people with my astute taxi driver's eye. But here is Adam Schiff, okay, first getting censured by Kevin McCarthy, and then we'll give you his reaction. Clip 10. On this vote, the A's are 213 and the nays are 209. With six answering present, the resolution adopted. Without objection, the motion to consider is laid on the table. House will be in order. Will Representative Schiff present himself in the well? I mean, man, oh boy, oh man. Country is being destroyed by stupid people, by very stupid people. Those are the Democrats chanting shame because they voted to censure Adam Schiff. That's the Democrats. How dare you censure a man who lied about Russian collusion and cut the country in half and kneecapped the presidency knowing it was false. What's going on in this country? Time was you could get on TV every night for three years, be completely full of it, and nobody gave you a hard time. I mean, really, guys, what's happening here? That's what they did, understand. And here is Adam Schiff saying he's proud of himself. Clip 11. To my Republican colleagues who introduced this resolution, I thank you. You honor me with your enmity. You flatter me with this falsehood. You, who are the authors of a big lie about the last election, must condemn the truth-tellers, and I stand proudly before you. Your words tell me that I have been effective in the defense of our democracy, and I am grateful. Don't you have any respect for yourself? No respect. Zero. Okay. Adam Schiff, understand, yesterday, John Durham testified on Capitol Hill that after learning of the pretenses under which the Mueller probe was started, agents came to Durham and apologized. I am sorry we wound up doing this with the Bureau. That is his testimony under oath, under the penalty of perjury and prison. Agents came to me and said they were sorry. Yet Adam Schiff, the guy who continued to gaslight the country, for the better part of three years, continues to do so today, wants you to believe that he's proud of what he did. I mean, dude, I got to be honest with you. This dude is a loser. Okay, the country's being run by losers. Okay, that's what's going on. Let me give you a little Anna Paulina Luna. Uh, She spoke on the floor after the censure. It's clip 12. Schiff abused his privileges claiming to know the truth while leaving American Americans in the dark about his web of li- or about this web of lies 
lies so severe that they altered the course of the country forever. Mr. Schiff exploited his position as chair of Intel Committee and every opportunity possible, threatening national security, undermining our duly elected president, and bringing dishonor upon the institution. This is not a partisan act. This is not a conservative versus liberal vote. This is a clear vote between right and wrong, and I urge you to do the right thing. Thank you. And all she's basically saying to Adam Schiff is, You suck, you jackass. But let me give you one, because you know who else fell, spoke on the floor yesterday? Nancy Pelosi. Nancy Pelosi is a total dingbat. Well, she took time out of her busy schedule of making hundreds of millions of dollars on hot stock tips to give everybody a lecture about how they were wasting the people's time on the House floor. I want to play the clip, and then I, I'll, I'll raise a very good point in response to her claim. It's clip 13. Today we are on the floor of the House where the other side has turned this, this chamber where slavery was abolished, where Medicare and Social Security and everything were instituted, they've turned it into a puppet show, a puppet show. And you know what? The puppeteer, Donald Trump, is shining a light on the strings. You look miserable. You look miserable. The only advantage to all of this is that instead of reversing what we did on the IRA to save the planet, or reversing what we did to reduce the cost of prescription drugs, you're wasting time. Get her out. Get her out of here. I mean, come on, Nancy Pelosi. You're going to lecture us about wasting time on the House floor? Yo! That's exactly what Adam Schiff did for three years in saying Trump was a Russian. Correct the mundo. How is that? Was that not a waste of the people's time on the House floor? It was a pretend probe. It was pretend. They know this. John Durham testified yesterday that the FBI was willing to pay an informant one million American tax dollars to corroborate anything in the Steele dossier that started the Mueller probe. And do you know what the agent said? The answer would be no. He said, no, I will not take your million dollars because I can't corroborate the stuff. Charles Dolan appears to have made up just about everything in the Steele dossier. But knowing that to be the case, knowing the FBI couldn't get corroboration, they went and got FISA warrants anyway. Okay, and denied the origin of the warrants from the agents assigned to the case, which is why some of them came forward to John Durham and apologized for taking part in the probe. It was a disgusting perversion and misappropriation of justice and, yes, funds and, yes, time on the House floor. But there's Nancy Pelosi saying Republicans are wasting the people's time by censuring the guy who wasted the people's time for the last three years and making up this lie. Nancy Pelosi, man, I mean, you are so full of But that's everybody in Washington right now. This is what's happening in our country, man. you got to get this if you're a Democrat. You have to. man. You just got to. This matters. Okay? I know. I know. There are a lot of, a lot of go-along-to-get-along Republicans, so many of them. Okay, the difference between Republicans and Democrats is Republicans can deal with losing elections. They're actually pretty good at losing elections. They had every advantage known to man going into the midterms, including a historically unpopular incumbent. Okay, seriously, his Joe Biden, 
is as unpopular at this point in his term as anyone who's ever served. Biden sucks. Okay, but understand that. No incumbent has ever seeked re-election with lower poll numbers than Biden. 32% of the American people think he is cognitively fit for office. 32%. You know what the other 68% think? This man needs a retirement home and a warm bowl of soup. But you understand, okay, the Republicans still found a way to underachieve in the midterms, okay? They did not come remotely close to pulling off the red wave they should have given the conditions on the ground in the country because Republicans are content to lose elections. A lot of the go-along-to-get-along establishment Republicans in Washington just want to keep making lobbyist money, getting hot stock tips, and eating fancy dinners on K Street. That's a lot of the Republican Party. It is. Okay, you hear a handful of guys on this show that I've talked to off the air repeatedly that I realize are really fighting, that have been willing to come on this show and go, yeah, sadly, most of D.C. is just to go along to get along. What's the bare minimum I have to do to keep my job and keep the money coming in? That's reality. The difference between Republicans and Democrats is Democrats feel the same way, but they don't like losing elections. They are not willing to lose elections, so much so that when they lose an election, they will try everything on earth known to man to overturn those results one way or the other, whether it's a soft coup like the Mueller probe or whether it's challenging the certification of the electoral vote count. Don't ever forget. Okay, January 6th, not good. Shouldn't be storming the Capitol. Even if there's a few feds involved, whatever the case may be, whatever the true story of January 6th winds up being, the fact remains you can't be in the Capitol. And yes, people were getting punched and kicked and beaten. And yes, some people were let in and just strolled around. I'm not denying the reality, but there's a lot of nuance to the story. But the bottom line is you can't be trash in the Capitol. Can't be. OK, it's not good. You can't rehabilitate that day in the eyes of the law. Are some people being overzealously sentenced? 100 percent. They have my support. But you understand at the same time, you cannot be trashing the Capitol. That being said, We were told January 6th was lower than the Civil War, biggest attack on our democracy since the Civil War, because they were inside that chamber certifying the electoral vote count. Do you understand the last three times the Democrats lost a presidential election, they challenged the certification of the Electoral College? They did it the last three times. So when Republicans voiced objection, they were like, this is treason. It's a threat to our democracy. That's just how white folks will do you. Okay, and that's how they'll do you, knowing that they themselves did the very thing you happen to be guilty of. And that's why it is addition by subtraction. You know, if they got rid of a guy like Adam Schiff, sadly they won't. This will just go down as a demerit on his report card for all intents and purposes. But he absolutely should be called out because he lit the country on fire. And why did he do it? Because the Democrats don't want to lose elections. It is such an existential threat to all of us that a party will go the length that it will in an effort to retain power. Okay, they'll do anything to retain power. Understand, as far as Trump was willing to take the 2020 election, most of the party moved on pretty quick. Pretty quick. Okay, they didn't have physical proof. And at the end of the day, they were happy to lose the election. He's not an establishment guy. He's not one of them. Okay, whether he wins or he loses, they can still have a $6,500 lunch at Cafe Milano at the end of the week with a bunch of their lobbyist pals. Okay, on the Democratic side, the fight for power is so intense, it's children who don't want to share the toy. You've heard me say this before. We've all seen a little kid who doesn't want to share a toy, so they tug back and forth on it till they rip the toy in half. That's exactly what Adam Schiff was doing, and that's exactly 
why Adam Schiff should be censured by the people in Congress. What can I tell you, kid? You're right. When you're right, you're right. You're right. You're listening to the show that Standard & Poor describes as Standard & Poor. I would say he's incompetent, but I don't want to do that because that's not nice. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. We can report that the United States Coast Guard has located a debris field within the submarine search area 12,000 feet below the surface near the Titanic. Now, we do not know if that debris field is, in fact, the wreckage of the Titan, the underwater vessel, the submersible that was going down to the Titanic, but we do know the Coast Guard is going to have a press conference today at 3 p.m. Eastern. We will, of course, alert you to any new information that should emerge between now and then because that's what we do on Fox Across America. If it's going on in the country, we're talking about it here. If it's going on in the world, we're talking about it here, and we're being cool about it because we only have one rule. We're not going to sit here and listen to you badmouth the United States of America. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, there it is. Back in action. Big hour coming up on Fox Across America with your radio buddy Jimmy Fallon. We are bringing in retired NYPD inspector Paul Morrow. He is no longer on the force. He is now fighting the crime of wasted alcohol at every bar in New York City. But he takes time out from his schedule of happy hours to weigh in on the Hunter Biden plea deal, which I got to be honest... Looks like a pretty big scam. When you're right, you're right. You're right. We're going to discuss it. We're going to give you an update from the campaign trail 2024. We now have, I believe, 6,231 people running for the Republican nomination. Uh, More Democrats threatening to throw their hats into the ring, including West Virginia Senator Joe Manchin. Come on, man. I don't know that he will ultimately primary Biden, but no one has gone into a reelection campaign Weaker than Joe Biden is right now. Tell him like it is. Okay, understand. You're dealing in an America where 80% of the people think the country is going in the wrong direction. 78% of the people don't want Biden to run again. They don't want him to run again. Okay, let alone run again and win. You understand. His vice president, historically, historically unpopular. Kamala's awful with her weird laugh. Ha <laughs> ha! But, I mean, really, though, the Woody the Woodpecker laugh that she's always a (laughs) (laughs) really tough to listen to. Just two grating people. And obviously Biden's, you know, a little bit of a cognitive mess. But the bigger issue is the lying. Okay, most of what the Democrats get done, we were talking about this with trans rights earlier in the show, is through the social pressure campaign of people will die. Give us what we want or people will die. Vote the way we tell you to, or it's bigotry. Joe Biden tried making this claim earlier in the week when he was talking about pride. He was making the claim that, you know, it's crazy that we live in an America where gay couple could get married in the morning. Then they could get thrown out of a restaurant in the afternoon for being gay. You're alive. That's not actually a thing. But here he is saying it, clip 46. Last December... We felt such pride here in the South Lawn when I signed the historic Respect for Marriage Act. 
protects the marriage of same-sex and interracial couples. But for all the progress we made, we know, we know real change, real challenges still remain. When a person can be married in the morning and thrown out of a restaurant for being gay in the afternoon, something is still very wrong in America. You were lying your ass off. Can a person be married in the morning and thrown out of a restaurant for being gay in the afternoon? And just to be clear, they can't get thrown out of a restaurant for being gay in the morning, the afternoon, the evening, the late afternoon, from dusk till dawn. No one can get thrown out of a restaurant for being gay. Although there was a time in Joe Biden's career, namely as a senator and a vice president, where he did not support gay marriage. Here is Joe Biden as a VP in 2012, clip 47. Do you support gay marriage? No, Barack Obama nor I support redefining from a, from a civil side what constitutes marriage. We do not support that. That is basically a decision to be able to be left to the face and people who practice their face the determination what you call it. Wow. Huh. Really? Interesting. I do not, neither Barack or I, neither Barack or I support gay Marriage. I don't see you doing any better in the booty department. Now, listen, I'm happy they came around. I, sir, if anybody crazy enough that wants to get married, God love you. Go do it. Give him hell. <laughs> I think some of the people who oppose gay marriage on religious grounds are actually just opposing it because they want gay people to be happy. I don't know. I don't have an answer there. Okay, but the point is, it's all a scam. All of it. Everything the Democrats are trying to do to the country right now is designed to be achieved through social pressure campaigns. Okay. Vote our way or you're a murderer. You don't want biological men competing against women? People are going to die. You don't want to vote for our climate bill? People are going to die. That's how this works. Okay, the guy's out there having a pride celebration telling you there's restauranteers throwing gay people out in the afternoon. It's not going on. Be all over the news. But why do they do that? Because accusing one side of the country of bigotry is their only way to get their hands on votes. There are no deliverables. You can't go, like, for instance, to the gay community and tell them their life is better now than it was when Biden got sworn in because inflation, okay, crime, the border, the economy, education system in this country, everything's worse. Everything's worse. And here's a newsflash. We're all affected the same way by these issues. There is no singular issue out there that's specific to one community because we're all people. We all have the same needs. Okay, we all want to make a little bit of money. We all want to have a few laughs. We want to eat some good food. We want to stay safe. And at the end of the day, maybe even the middle of the day, we want to get a little something, something in the sack. Oh, yes. I've read about that in the Bible. But the point is, okay, when they try to segregate us by thought in the era of identity politics, they're doing it because they run on nothing but pretend bigotry. That's where we are. That's why they trotted out Obama this week to tell you that Tim Scott, oh, Tim Scott, what do you mean he's telling you everything can be all right in this country? What do you mean he's telling you a black man can make it in America? Said a black man who was elected president twice. That was embarrassing. But that's what Obama said. This is what they run on. This is the playbook. Okay, America's still really racist. We're still really oppressive. We're so oppressive in this country, we're putting the black people in charge. 
That's what's going on. That's how oppressive we are. It's gotten so we're just doing it as a goof. It's like, oh, let's have some put them in charge and let we'll laugh at them. Like, do you really think that's going on? Of course not. But that's the claim. That's what you're dealing with. That's the scam. Okay, here is Tim Scott summing it up beautifully. Clip 29. The left weaponizes race whenever they're losing an argument. That does my grandfather a disjustice, an injustice. It's disrespectful. The pain and the progress of this nation should be viewed as a symbol or or, or a logical understanding of what's possible in the windshield of life. Nobody could say it better. The left weaponizes race whenever they're losing an argument. You're absolutely right. All they got, social pressure. It's how this works. And it's such, it's like, listen, this, I spend so much time on these issues on the radio because I'm just trying to reach reasonable human beings. I'm not trying to just, you know, create a corral all the conservatives out there. There's a lot of conservatives who listen to talk radio. I know you agree with me. You get it. You've been following this game for quite some time. But it's the people that are just, you know, objective observers of, of politics, first-time casual consumers that need to understand the way this game is played. Okay? Because over and over and over again, they're managing to remain in power despite the fact that none of us have anything to show for their leadership. And the way they usually do it is by accusing the other side of what they're doing. Let me give you an example. They impeach Donald Trump, okay, for wrongdoing in Ukraine. Did Donald Trump, as the leader of this country, have a son on the payroll at a power company in Ukraine? The answer would be no. No, Joe Biden did. He served as Barack Obama's vice president for eight years. I don't remember that ever happening. But it did. And for eight years, okay, while Ukraine was trying to negotiate a deal with our government, Joe Biden's son was put on the board of an energy company that was negotiating with our government. That's not right. No, it's influence peddling. It's a scam. It's pay to play. Okay, Hunter Biden, in getting money from Ukraine, funneled it through 15 different shell companies, 15 of them, none of which had an actual job title, meaning it wasn't the dog cleaner who funneled it through the chimney sweeper, who funneled it through the brick company, who funneled it through the auto repair company, who funneled it through the house cleaning service. They didn't have titles. These businesses didn't have declared occupations. What in the wide, wide world of sports is going on here? You'd think normally in a racketeering trial that they were setting up shell companies to conceal the origin of the money so they could launder it. That's what you would think. Now understand, when all of this was going on, what did the Democrats do? They accused Donald Trump of wrongdoing in Ukraine. Well, Trump called up Ukraine and asked them to look into this Biden corruption deal. Come on, man. You're pressuring a foreign entity to investigate your political rivals, said the party who has just indicted and arrested their political rival, if you're keeping score at home. But do you understand the Democrats were accusing their opponents of exactly what they were doing? They run on an awful lot of projection. And what happened with Hunter Biden, and this is what we're going to talk to Paul Morrow about, 
as Hunter Biden has just reached the type of plea deal for tax evasion that ends with the feds not asking where the money came from. Do you understand how insane that is under normal pretenses? Yeah, this guy, you know, made a few million dollars he didn't tell the government about. But we're not going to ask where he made it. We're not going to ask how he made it. We're not even going to look at the fact that he made it without an actual job description for any of the 15 companies the money was sent through before it wound up in the kids' accounts. Seems totally legit to me. Folks, it's a scam. And you shouldn't be happy with it because you root for politics like it's a team sport. I'm telling you, it's the whole point of the show. So we have to stop rooting for our parties harder than we root for our country. Because when you do that, you're willing to overlook things on your side. Listen, I've been the first one to tell you, if someone egregiously endangered our well-being in this country by mishandling classified information, they should be prosecuted, whether they're in my party or not. Okay, but I do want that equal application of the law. But you're not seeing one right now. You've got a White House that yells about gun laws whenever somebody gets shot. Well, the gun laws. We need the more gun laws. All right, fine, great. Okay, but Hunter Biden just violated a gun law that would get another person 10 years in prison and the guy's walking free. So are the Democrats really that serious about enforcing gun laws? The answer would be no. Maybe gun laws for you, gun laws for your kids, but they're not interested in gun laws for them. It's no different than taxes. Ah, the taxes. You got to pay your fair share. Trump should die in prison because of his taxes. We got to get his taxes. That's what the Democrats would tell you. Okay, they got his taxes. And what happened? Did he die in prison? No. In some years, it turned out he paid more in federal income tax and made more money than they thought. In other years, okay, he paid a little bit less by devaluing some of his properties. But the end result is they found no criminality. Okay, we heard for the entire Trump presidency. Oh, no, we get the taxes. Oh, you do. You listen to me. We're going to get these taxes. Oh, girl, we going to get these taxes. He going to take a perp walk. Where do you see? Oh, it's going to be bad. He's going to get the taxes. He didn't pay him. He evades going to jail. You don't understand. They did that. They did that every day for four years. And then they got the taxes. <laughs> Nothing happened. But understand, Hunter Biden, they got the taxes. Something happened. Pled guilty to tax evasion. But so they understand he's pleading guilty to lying to them about their income. Yet under this deal, they're taking his word on the rest of the income. That's stupid. Use your common sense. It's not stupid. It's devious. It's corrupt. Stupid would imply that they don't know what they're doing. Okay. You damn well better believe they know what they're doing. They are shielding for Joe Biden by refusing to look any further into his son. And I'm out here in the real world and I know what's right or wrong or bullshit. A show so good, it's frightening. I got scared. I dropped my hot pocket. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. There is going to be a Coast Guard update at 3 p.m. Eastern time today. A debris field has been located in the search area for the submersible uh, that was going down to see the Titanic. One thing I wanted to highlight really quick over on MSNBC, everyone's covering this story uh, mainly because 
The Titanic is so iconic, okay, in pop culture, in lore, in history, and the fact that a billionaire had commissioned a $250,000 head exploration team to go down and view the wreckage only to potentially become a part of it is a really disturbing you know, story on so many levels, a really intriguing story when you consider that his own spouse is a descendant from the family that founded Macy's and also drowned on the Titanic. Titanic. There are a lot of eerie parallels, and the story has captivated the nation as we continue to search for the submersible. But over on MSNBC yesterday, after the network had aired 20 minutes of continuous coverage, one of their own contributors complained that the media was more interested in this than they were a migrant ship that got lost at sea last week. What an idiot. But here it is, Ali Velshi. It's clip 30. All right, we should note that while this race against the clock to save five people trapped thousands of feet below water has been dominating news coverage for the past couple of days, it's another story about another vessel lost at sea last week. Hundreds of migrants from countries including Syria, Pakistan, and Afghanistan were on a fishing boat which sank last Wednesday while en route from Libya to Italy. About 100 people were rescued, more than 300 drowned. Now, there's a clear difference between both the news coverage and the rescue resources given to that fishing boat and the missing submersible in the North Atlantic. There are lots of people at sea at any given time, whether for adventure or for survival and self-preservation. At any moment, some of them, whatever their station in life or their intention when they set out, could need the world's urgent attention. And in moments like this, as we do and should do, we should be doing all we can to save those who are on the Titan. But it is also during moments like this where we should ask ourselves how we, as a society, marshal and deploy our resources and our attention to all who might need them when the time comes. So basically what he's saying is, you know, you guys aren't covering the migrant ship en- enough. Okay, well, what about your show? Well, uh, oh, uh, yeah, um, here's the thing. <laughs> about that. <laughs> Get out of here and take your mother with you. It's so funny because everyone's giving you a lecture on how you should behave, but none of them are following that behavior. No different than the Democrats. You got to pay your fair share of taxes, you know, unless you're Hunter Biden, in which case a little, you know, get off with a slap on the wrist. This is not lost on Joyce, who's in Moses Lake, Washington. Yo, Joyce. Hi. Hey, girl. How are you? Better now. We need some of that Lake, that Lake Washington energy on the show. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, um, I don't think this is cool. I mean, Wesley Snipes, he got three years for tax evasion. Yep. And he's, and he's a white guy. to slap on the wrist. No, no, no. Um, mm-hmm. And besides that, I, if I understand, the judge doesn't really have to go along with this plea agreement that he can say, hey, look, dude, this is um, three counts of, you know, federal offense. I'm going to give you 10 years. I don't care that you're the president's son. Mm -hmm. That's what I'm hoping. I'm hoping that the judge is a good guy. Yeah. Well, listen, if the judge is listening to the show right now, Hunter's in big trouble because your words carry a lot of weight, as you know, Joyce. Um, it's, cool. a, it's a scam. It is absolutely it is. a two-tier justice system. We're going to talk about it because I'm bringing on an NYPD inspector after you, and he's going to talk about what other people have received for the same crime. And uh, here's a news flash or a hint anyway. It's not no jail time. So, Joyce, the NYPD is with you, and we appreciate the call as always, girlfriend. We'll do it again soon. Paul Morrow joins us after this on Fox Across America. 
It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. They're playing Maneater by Hole and Oates. I don't know that you can sing this anymore. She's a Maneater. They're a Them Eater. I don't know what you're doing. I don't know how this affects karaoke. What the hell is the world coming to? I do not know. But as it pertains to karaoke, we are now joined by a retired NYPD inspector who does spend a little bit of time at the bar, so maybe he can weigh in, Lieutenant Paul Morrow in the house. Hey, man, Inspector Paul Morrow. Okay, man. <laughs> yeah, what's with demoting me? What is that? <laughs> I don't know what just happened. Wow, right, uh, right out of the box, too. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> what it is. All right. And I, good. I wanted to commend you because I actually I laughed so hard at your piece because your piece opened with a joke about J. Edgar Hoover wearing uh, nylons, I think you called it. Oh, yes, yes, yes. yes. <laughs> I said, Poor Jay Edgar. And you know, the story's not true. Jay Edgar was not a cross-dresser or any of that, but it was floated by his enemies, which he had a few, but nonetheless, this one of those sort of urban myths that's fun to propagate. Oh, is that true? Oh, all right. Yeah, yeah, no, he actually wasn't a cross-dresser. That's no, nonsense. I didn't know that. I just, I, 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 because if he was, you know, the Democrats would send him to a kindergarten class. <laughs> yeah, well, exactly. He'd still be in office at it, even if he was dead. <laughs> Get out there and shake it. Come on, man. That's right. Cross-dressing. What's going on? Uh, let me start with my top-line thought, as Harris Faulkner would say. Uh, for the plea deal Hunter Biden makes, and you wrote at great length, opsdesk.org is Paul's website, opsdesk.org. You wrote at great length about what looks like a miscarriage of justice, to put it mildly. Uh, yeah. What do people traditionally get for this type of gun violation? You know, that generally, this is one of those sort of tack-on charges that mm-hmm. DOJ uses just to get you if they can't get you on something else. And there's a whole host of those, you know. Mm-hmm. There's a charge called 1001, which is just that's just where it appears in the uh, U.S. Code um, for lying mm-hmm. to a federal officer during an investigation. You know, mm-hmm. so that there's all these sort of charges that they can throw at you. Generally, they don't bother. Mm-hmm. The real miscarriage here is not that he was charged with that. It's that he wasn't charged with a host of far more serious stuff. And when you consider that the investigation went on for five years, I mean, the Warren Commission wasn't five years. And <laughs> this guy said, literally. And at the end of the day, they came up with two misdemeanors and a, and a deferral, which just essentially on the state level, they call it an ACT. In other words, it just gets wiped out. Mm-hmm. And if it keeps his nose clean a year from now, two years from now, the thing goes away like it's expunged. Mm-hmm. So realistically, he ends up with two misdemeanor tax charges, and there is no mention or no sort of um, acknowledgement in anything that I've seen of all the stuff. And that evidence is out that we've all seen from the laptop, Burisma, stuff related to the big guy, et cetera. It really stinks to high heaven. Okay, we're talking about. Uh, retired NYPD Inspector Paul Morrow about the Hunter Biden deal. What I think when I see an election go on for five years and we're told in the aftermath of a plea deal that the election is not shut, it would seem like the election was opened purely for the basis of being able to stifle other inquiries by saying, hey, we can't give you that or we can't speak to that because there's an ongoing investigation. Does this look like a little bit of a shield? It does completely to me. And, you know, as one of the things I point out in the in the Substack article, is that we really need to see the plea deal itself, the document, and we're going to, almost certainly, unless they manage to keep it under seal somehow, which anything is possible here, because all this is happening in Delaware, and Joe Biden owns Delaware, as we all know. So, you know, any any fugazi nonsense could happen, but the actual document Mm -hmm. very well may incorporate a whole host of stuff 
that DOJ will sort of own, quote-unquote, and say, we know you did this, we know you did this, we know you did this. But as part of the plea deal, we're incorporating all of that stuff into the three BS charges that we're hitting you with. And essentially, it's almost like a get-out-of-jail-free because if mm-hmm. in the future, let's you know, say for argument's sake, Donald Trump wins the next election, changes out all the AUSAs, which he can do, which mm-hmm. often happens, and he – takes one of them and sort of weaponizes them against the Bidens and says, get these guys on a RICO, I want, you know, pull out all the stops. When they go to do that, they're going to find out that they're dealing with a double jeopardy situation because Hunter has already been investigated on this entire thing. And the, and the plea deal is a shield against them going at it in the future. Wow, what a racket. That's unbelievable. You know, it's funny. In the movie Chinatown with Jack Nicholson, when he finally, yeah. at the end of the movie, he he's figured it all out. He's got him dead to rights, but he still can't move. And they're like, yeah. forget it, Jake. It's Chinatown. I mean, essentially, yeah. that's Washington, D.C., is it not? That, that, that's right. And in fact, that's where Joe, Joe Biden stored his... In Chinatown! In Chinatown. <laughs> so there you go. Oh, I'm dying, Paul Morrow. I mean, let me just ask. These are just like my observations, okay? Does an evasion, a tax evasion case traditionally end without them looking into the income sources? Because that would seem crazy to me that they're taking his word for the income when they already know he's lied about reporting it to them. Jimmy, it's the equivalent of like finding a dead body on the street and a guy is standing there with a smoking gun and you charge him with littering. (laughs) <laughs> All right, because obviously the money had to come from someplace. Mm-hmm. And when you consider, you know, people are downplaying the, the, the amounts mm-hmm. here. And that's another kabuki because they're saying, well, all right, you know, he, he avoided $100,000 in taxes on approximately a million dollars in income. He paid it back voluntarily. Nothing to see here. Everybody move on. Mm-hmm. What that avoids is, first of all, that's not a de minimis amount to use the legal term. That's a lot of money for somebody who doesn't seem to have gainful employment. Yep. But furthermore, it, it, it obscures exactly what you're talking about, which is why are we to, to believe this AUSA – uh, Weiss, Michael Weiss down in Delaware. Uh-huh. Why are we to believe him? Or David Weiss, I think yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. sorry. Mm-hmm. But yeah, but why are we to believe him? I got a buddy named Michael Weiss, that's why. But anyway, uh, why would you believe him on the amount of money that was not used to calculate the taxes? Yeah. Why are we believing anybody here that, oh, well, it's only a million bucks that he didn't pay the mm. taxes on? Any cursory look at his businesses. He's got like dozens and dozens of LLCs. They all have money going in and out of them. In some of them, he's got his baby mama on the payroll, mm-hmm. the stripper. Yeah. In others, he's got hookers. <laughs> uh, this is a matter of record yeah. on the payroll. Mm-hmm. So this idea that, well, he had a million bucks he didn't pay is nonsense. There's much, much more money there. We know probably $5 million from Burisma alone, and they just ignore that. Mm-hmm. So this thing is, as I said, just a, a bag of blank yep. and it really does stink <laughs> retired nypd inspector paul morrow's on the line we're throwing the challenge flag all the way to washington uh worth pointing out for the audience also these companies don't actually have like job descriptions they have names but it's not like the dog walking company forwarded it to the house cleaning company and forwarded it to the auto repair company they're just companies are they not that's exactly exactly right i mean you know one of the great mysteries of this whole thing is what did hunter do for a living i know he got a law degree but that doesn't make him a lawyer he's never written a brief he's never appeared in court he's never done anything 
He's not a lawyer. Even his father never says when and every now and then, you know, the earth moves and somebody actually asks Joe a penetrating question about this. What do these companies do? And Joe never says, well, he was a lawyer because it's so easily disproved. He wasn't a lawyer. He was an influence peddler. He was essentially an illegal, in my estimation, an illegal marketer of his dad's access. Now, in some ways, you could call that a lobbyist, Mm -hmm. right? And that line is gray. Everybody is willing to admit. But if you don't do certain things, they come after you. And that's the Farah charge representing a foreign government, in this case, Ukraine, likely China, likely Russia. Um, You know, the the, the Foreign Corrupt Practices Act, there's all kinds of charges here. And I put it in the piece that he's really amenable to, that they're just blind to. And one of the real tells, we call it a clue in law enforcement, is that he's not doing anything to earn the money. What a scam. Uh, the piece is at opsdesk.org. That's Paul's site. Uh, they also have, which is a, f- a healthy refresher, the h- official Hunter Biden scorecard and the uh, Hunter Biden associates resource, which I found fun. I, I can't keep up with it. I, you know, we're trying to, you know, I got a bunch of guys that like are following the case. They're all former investigators, head of financial crimes. And they're just a guest. Listen, I, you know, I, I'm tell I'm I'm telling you this. Like, I I there's part of me that genuinely wants to see you know equal justice under the law, but there's another part of me that just wants to hang out with this guy because he's having a lot of fun. <laughs> you won't <laughs> listen, Baylor. You won't last. <laughs> I can't hang with this guy. Between I, the I've seen you in action. The, between the crack and the strippers, you're right about that. I mean, remember how banged up I was when I hung out with you in Gutfield? It was just it was wine, and I was still yeah. banged up. You no, tell- I know. We had to carry it to the taxi. <laughs> that it wasn't is, pretty. That is not true. Last question. Uh, does this, uh, you know, this is just at a su- on a superficial political level. On, do you think there's any basis for them charging Hunter simply because it allows them to justifiably charge Trump and make it look like this isn't, you know, a two-tier justice system, even if clearly the level of approach is different? I think that's too clever by half, my own opinion, okay. looking at the, the, the vast landscape of all of this. And I know that's become a talking point. But, you know, first of all, this whole thing started five years ago before a lot of these cases against Trump were underway. But okay. secondly, you know, did we, we give – you know, one of the things I learned all my years working in government and, and, and in federal task forces and everything else is everybody thinks – that someplace there's a wizard behind the curtain pulling all the strings, whether it's on the Republican side, the Democratic side, et cetera. And I can tell you, folks, here's the bad news. Nobody's in charge. (laughs) The whole thing just moves under its own momentum. Everybody is individually trying to move ahead with their careers and their own ambitions, et cetera. And especially now when we have a very weak president who's, you know, obviously got certain afflictions, Mm -hmm. um, the idea that someplace somebody was sitting, you know, sort of, petting their Angora cat and, uh, you know, devising all kinds of evil schemes that were going to, you know, come to fruition a year from now or five years from now. I don't buy it. Uh, This thing just happened because he's a skell and he probably should go to jail, but he never will. And that's the truth that I. All right. That's fair. And uh, yeah, I don't know that Biden would be capable of evil. I mean, this is a guy who has just dedicated his life to saving the Queen of England. (laughs) <laughs> yes. Well, what can you say about that? I have to tell you, it's getting to be performed. You know, it's it's actually getting to be like a poetry slam. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's like performance art. Uh, I, I, I actually watch the guy sometimes. And, you know, you run the edge of your seat. Say, oh, God, what's he going to do next? But it's a little bit like Trump. When it's over, you're going to say, well, no, I was entertaining. You know. Oh, no, no question. I, I, I say that someday – you're going to be watching TV late at night, and they're going to be selling Trump press conferences like Dean Martin roasts. 
Remember how they, 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 they all, all the insults are here. Little Marco, Crooked Hillary. It's going to be great. You, you will be bouncing a grandchild on your knee, and you can say, I was alive for all of this. It really happened. <laughs> he's, he's, he's calling a reporter a slob and a bad journalist at a COVID briefing. It's unbelievable. Yeah, it's a, he was an AI, I'm telling you. When the whole world is run by a computer someplace, you can say, no, this really happened. The guy existed. That's funny. And this is why we don't have human presidents, kids. Oh, too funny. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. That's why Siri is uh, running the global government. Paul Morrow, we have restored your rank on the force. Congratulations. Uh, uh, yeah, thanks a lot, Paul. Good I stuff. count on you. We'll yeah. do it again soon. Be well. There he goes. The great Paul Morrow, the website, opsdesk.org. Uh, today's article is titled DOJ Hits a New Low. And Paul expertly, through the time he spent uh, – 30 years in the NYPD as an inspector prosecuting federal crimes and anti-terror stuff and everything in between. He characterizes it as such. It's a really good read. I found this so funny. Uh, <laughs> as we all know, Hunter Biden just became the beneficiary of the all-time sweetheart plea deal. But to be clear, this wasn't a sweetheart deal. This was a Romeo and Juliet, poetry and roses, Barry White in the background, your name tattooed on my chest type of deal. And it's true. Okay, think about what Paul said. You got a guy who's bringing in millions of dollars with no job description. That can't be good. That can't be legal is usually the concern. We don't know what he did for a living. We just know he brought in millions of dollars, lied to the government about it. But then the government took his word for it and moved on. Okay, they're not dumb. These are not dumb people. These are people that very well were just trying to give him a break because he's the president's kid. But more importantly, because prosecuting him any further might open up some windows of sight line into what the president was doing. Uh Oh, I'm in trouble. Which is why that investigation took five years. And even after the plea deal was reached, they're telling us that they're going to keep the investigation open. And why does the investigation need to remain open if they're done looking into the guy? Simply because whenever James Comer or Chuck Grassley or the Jim Jordans of the world wants something to do with the Biden records, they can go, well, that's an ongoing investigation. We can't provide that to you. Could compromise sources and methods. That's what's going on right now in our country. Okay, and it is a two tiered, you know, standard of justice. And you would have gotten a far more severe sentence and a lot more scrutiny on your income if you did what Hunter Biden did. Okay, but that's not the reality of the current climate we happen to be living in. There are absolutely positively two sets of rules in this country. One is for high-powered Democrats. The rest is for you and me. I'm sick and tired of all this bullshit. Taking the edge off, one story at a time. America needs to learn how to lighten up. You're hanging out with Jimmy Fallon on Fox Across America. It is Fox Across America with your radio buddy, Jimmy Fallon, doing the damn thing. Right here with you, where I will remain for one more hour of fine broadcasting. All right, well, it'll be pretty good broadcasting. Mm. Oh, it's a really tough crowd in that control room today. But the point is, I'm here, and you're welcome to join at 888-788-9910. Heather Robinson's coming by. She's, of course, a writer over at the New York Post. Uh, she is a woman 
by the traditional sense, uh, old-fashioned, doesn't have a wang. Uh, but the point being is she is very much, were she to compete in sports or, you know, maybe voice some support for biology, very much on the chopping block in the current culture war being waged in Washington, okay, where we just had an expert testify before Congress that men and women uh, don't see any differences when it comes to athletics. Sell crazy someplace else. We're all stocked up here. I said this earlier, by the way, and we'll circle back to this in the next hour. The winner of the New York City Men's Marathon beat the the female winner by 15 minutes. 15 minutes in a marathon. We're talking about a race where someone won by more than three miles. Like, that's not competitive. That's not an actual race. When you talk about swimming and Will Thomas ranked 462nd in the country before he becomes Leah Thomas, okay, makes it all the way up to number one right quick, okay, that's clear, irrefutable evidence that men have an advantage. Okay, but I'll play you some sound in the next hour from one of the most decorated female athletes in the world who shared her own opinion on the matter. And uh, I would applaud her for doing so, except this is a 10-year-old clip I'm going to play you in the next hour. I don't know that she'd say any of this today because there's so much social pressure right now to deny us an honest conversation. And that's the point of me being a talk show host and not an activist and saying every voice is welcome here. When you start eliminating dissent, oftentimes you deny us a productive discussion that would benefit everyone. If you don't believe me, go back and look at the COVID vaccine. We weren't allowed to say it didn't stop transmission. We banned everyone who did. But what happened? Didn't stop transmission. So the censorship ain't helping, kids. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, you bet it is. And we are fired up in this hour to bring you some more top-shelf radio in a bottom-feeding political world. It is Fox Across America with your radio buddy Jimmy Fallon presiding, as we always do, over an audio-safe space for cool people with zero intellectual or ideological qualifications to be a part of this show. I don't care where you come from. I don't care what color you are. I don't care how smart you are. I don't care how dumb you are. No, ma'am. Be anything you want to be on this show. I'm an activist uh, in the sense that I am actively pursuing a forum where everyone can just chill out, dude. Just calm down. And I'm aware of the fact that nobody in the history of saying calm down has ever gotten a crowd to calm down. You're an idiot! <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> Usually you tell somebody to calm down. <laughs> you know, they're just... I'll break you in half like a little toothpick. And you're like, whoa, 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 hey, calm down, man. Somebody ought to belt you in the mouth. They're like, no, no, would you calm down? You and me are going to fight when that bell rings at 3 o'clock. All right, but the point is, okay, in truth, not an activist. I am in, uh, in a lot of ways an inactivist but mainly a talk show host. The point being, we don't need to agree to be Americans. We don't need to agree to prosper as a country. Here's a newsflash. The founding fathers hated each other, okay? At various times throughout our history and some of the greatest triumphs we've known as Americans, we didn't all see eye to eye because the whole point of being here is that you don't have to, okay? You have freedom. 
And that's what we're trying to protect by doing a show that throws its doors open to anybody who wants a piece of it. We're not trying to just do a one-note bile distillery where I get you mad at liberals all day. God, it's boring. It's exhausting. It's just a hamster wheel of sad. And that was my biggest complaint as a talk radio consumer is I'd get in the cab every day and everybody's just trying to get you mad. I don't want to be mad. It's three hours of my day, you know, and if I'm going to be mad for three hours, it means I'm going to go home and bring that mad to somebody else. Now they are going to be mad. It's just dumb. So what we do on this show is we take the issues very seriously, as you know, but we don't take ourselves seriously at all. How could we? Have you seen me on TV anytime recently? That boy is a P.I.G. pig. I don't know. That's a little harsh. But I'll be on your TV tonight. I'll be on with Dagan McDowell in the 6 o'clock hour, and I will be on with Sean Hannity tonight in the 9 o'clock hour. And if you want to see me do my thing in person this weekend... I am in Lexington, Kentucky at the Lexington Opera House. Seats are still available to see myself and Kennedy. But right now, you got a front row seat to see me on the radio. And uh, we begin with a little bit of a campaign roundup. Why? Because we just had another guy jump into the Republican race. Will Hurd, former congressman, uh, has thrown his hat into the ring. We're getting reports out of Florida that Rick Scott could jump in. I assume they're talking about a pool. Rick Scott's going to jump into the race. Come on. Like, for what? What is going on? Running for president has become like this summer's ice bucket challenge. Everybody's just like doing it and daring somebody else to do it. There's like eight billion candidates. And do any of them have a legitimate chance of winning? The answer would be no. As we stand here right now, okay, because I care and we're pals, I'll give you an honest assessment of people who could be major party nominees and potentially win if everything known to man went their way. Are you ready for it? Trump, obviously. DeSantis, obviously. Okay. With a couple of fortuitous bounces of the ball, fractured field. Tim Scott is, of course, a guy who'd be a top-tier guy. Okay. Nikki Haley's been on the show. She's super sweet. I don't know that she could take the whole thing. I don't even know that she wants to. But I'd give you three in the Republican Party. On the Democratic side, Joe Biden, of course, is either going to run or graciously step aside sometime soon because... We have a president that is clearly not all there. Now, if that happens, that would open the door to somebody like a Gavin Newsom. And we're also hearing maybe that Gretchen Whitmer could run. But outside of that, everybody else is, you know, either going to land a media deal, sell a couple of books, or angle their way onto a ticket. Okay? No one I just mentioned... Okay, no one I just mentioned will not in that pool will not be the next president of the United States. It'll be in the pool I just gave to you. Okay, there's nobody at this remote hour about to get in. You know, even a guy like RFK, who has been so super helpful to the conversation, if only because he's forcing discussions the Democrats don't want to have. But the fact remains, there is no world where they would ever make him the nominee. Zero zip zilch. They're not even allowing him to debate. Joe Biden, not even letting Biden get on the stage and stand up for his ideas, like building a railroad across the Indian Ocean, (laughs) conserving all of the water by the year 2020. Biden said this earlier in the week. This is clip 23. And maybe most important, I've committed that by 2020, we will have conserved 30 percent of all the lands and waters the United States has jurisdiction over and simultaneously reduce emissions to blunt climate impact. Have you ever had a checkup? 
So he's going to accomplish all of this by the year 2020. Biden's lost his marbles. <laughs> he's a little late. It's a little late getting there. It's a little late getting there. I'm not going to lie. Okay, but the point is, you know, Joe Biden's a mess. Okay, you've got a crowded, crowded field waiting to jump into the Democratic race. I mean, there's a lot of people that want to run. They just don't want to defy tradition, decorum, and just say, ah, screw it, I'm primarying the guy. But you got a guy like Joe Manchin waiting in the wings. He keeps flirting with the idea of doing it because he likes the attention. Obviously, Newsom's out there saying he's not going to run but doing everything that you do when you run. You know, and there is a Vanity Fair puff piece this week on Gretchen Whitmer. Says she's the greatest. She's one of us. Gretchen Whitmer's a clown. And if those people had any clue in Michigan, Tudor Dixon would be the governor. And I don't say that because she's on our show. I say that because Gretchen Whitmer did everything wrong, okay, from 2020 onward, okay, when it comes to lockdowns, when it comes to closing schools, when it comes to mandating vaccines and crushing small businesses, Gretchen Whitmer was on the side of all of that crap. All of it. Not good. No bueno, as they say. Okay, so the reality is, you know, there's been a lot of talk about COVID handling, not mainly because of Gretchen Whitmer, but because Trump is making that a central line of attack against DeSantis, which I find fascinating. Okay, here is DeSantis. He was on War Room talking about this constant line of attack by Trump that Andrew Cuomo did a better job on COVID. Andrew Cuomo should be in jail for what he did on COVID, signing an executive order, forcing nursing homes to take in infected coronavirus patients. Okay, he was chased out of office for Me Too violations, went down in history as Hansy Andy Cuomo. Andy! Andy! But why did the media jump all over the Me Too stuff? Because they didn't want to revisit their role in covering up for Cuomo when he was committing elder side in nursing homes. Don't ever forget, in the summer of 2020, we all knew, every single one of us knew, okay, that Cuomo was getting people killed because we were reporting, screaming from the rooftops, he had granted nursing homes criminal and civil immunity in exchange for them taking in infected coronavirus patients. So he basically said, hey, I know you don't want to do this. I know it sounds like a big health risk, but don't worry. Under my executive order, you'll have criminal and civil immunity. They can't sue you when they die, when their families die. They can't arrest you for killing them. He should be behind bars! But Cuomo did this, and we knew he was doing it. So this idea that, you know, Trump is saying Cuomo's the gold standard, not the best. Uh, here it is, uh, DeSantis defending himself, clip 20. When you are saying that Cuomo did better on COVID than Florida did, you are revealing yourself to just be full of it. Nobody believes that. And you know why? And you know why I know that? Because I remember in 2020 and 2021 when he was praising Florida for being open, saying we did it much better than New York and Michigan and everyone was coming to Florida. So it's not wrong. Trump was obviously praising DeSantis because he was a Republican governor. Um, you know, this is a this is where primaries are so impossible because you got guys who agree on ideas, guys who have endorsed each other in the past. All of that is in play right now. So what people do to try to draw a distinction between themselves and other candidates is they sometimes try to create angles of attack that aren't necessarily great ones. That is correct. Saying New York did better than Florida on COVID is, you know, 
Weapons grade stupid. Okay, but let me give you a little more of this because DeSantis was on with Kaylee McEnany last night. Now, Kaylee, of course, uh, I was on with her Monday night. Myself, Kaylee, and Emily Campagno having a good chat. She's a good friend. Uh, I always love having her on the show. Uh, But she, of course, served in the Trump White House. And when Trump left the White House, to be clear, Kaylee McEnany was the second most popular person in the administration. Trump supporters hated Pence because he wouldn't, you know, upset the apple cart and try to overturn the results of the election. Okay, Barr by then had been chased out of town. They hated him. There was no bigger rock star in the Trump administration than Kayleigh McEnany, who stuck around to the very, very, very end of that administration. Even after January 6th, when every big face resigned, Kayleigh stuck around because she wanted to continue to set the record straight for the American people. I mean, that's something she told me. Like when she started here at Fox, we talked about it. And she said, you know, in a post-January 6th world, it was just, you know, it was just rain and hell down on that administration. But she didn't want to leave because she wanted the people who supported Trump peacefully to have a voice. She wanted to be able to go on the news shows every day and say, hey, January 6th is not who we are. There were bad people. okay, but it's not who we are. It's not reflective of the movement as a whole. It's not something that you can paint the entire Republican voting base with. It just isn't. And she risked her career and she risked her good standing in the industry to do that. And, of course, now that, you know, she's on the air reporting poll numbers that Trump doesn't always like, uh, he has transactionally turned on her like he turns on everybody else. Get her out. Get her out of here. It's crazy. It's crazy. Uh, You know, but here she is talking to DeSantis last night about his leadership on COVID, clip 17. You mentioned COVID there, and I have this very distinct memory. I, I was in the Oval Office with Dr. Anthony Fauci in the Situation Room with him. I mean, this man made you think, like, your days were numbered. All of our days were numbered, all 323 million of us, you know. But then I go to Florida. I met you on a tarmac, and you were saying some pretty bullish things about opening the state. I was a bit taken aback because it was such a contrast to kind of the the group think I was hearing there in Washington. But you earned the ire of the left on your COVID response. Now you're getting attacked from the right. Uh, There are a variety of responses to COVID. Why was yours the right one? Oh, so some people have said, well, that must be a shot at Trump, because even though she didn't mention him by name, she referred to the group think in Washington. You know, to be honest with you, I know Kaylee really well. She really like she loves the people who voted for Trump because she went to all the rallies and she met him and she wrote their letters and, you know, she took their selfies and everything in between. The last thing on earth she's trying to do is take a shot at Trump. What she is trying to do is get to the heart of this debate. And, you know, to be clear, raise a very valid point that Republicans should not be criticizing each other for their handling of covid. They should be criticizing the Democrats. I agree with that. Okay, the Democrats were the ones who fought to keep schools closed in the summer of 2020 after the American Academy of Pediatrics said that kids were safer in the classroom than they were at home. Now, to the credit of Donald Trump, he said open the schools. The Democratic Liberal Teachers Union said... The answer would be no. Then they started saying it was racist to open the schools. It was disproportionately going to harm people of color. Come on, man. And now what did we learn? Kids lost up to two years of academic gains in this country. I love the poorly educated. Okay, maybe you do. But you know what? It's sad because Trump was fighting to keep schools open, which meant the Democrats had to close them just because. DeSantis, a guy who kept 
and reopen schools as quickly as possible. Brian Kemp down in Georgia did the same thing. Republicans led the way on letting the people rely on their self-preservation instincts. Okay, there's a lot of them that deserve commending. Okay, but there shouldn't be any demonization of DeSantis because, to be honest with you, he really did demonstrate true leadership. He didn't read the room. He didn't worry about what the political blowback was going to be. He did not read the room. He decided to lead the room, and he took heat for doing it, but his state has flourished in response in terms of its overall unemployment rates, the best in the country. More people are moving there net than any other state in America, and that happens to be people from every single ethnic group and sexual orientation. So all of these, you know, Florida's a hellhole, it's a bigoted, racist, you know, gay bashing, and it's just not true. It's like the old Yogi Berra-ism. Yogi Berra, the catcher for the Yankees, was famous for saying things that didn't quite add up. You know, one of his old lines about a restaurant was, nobody goes there anymore, it's way too crowded. Which, i got to be honest, if it's way too crowded, it means... People still go there. I think he's got a point. You know, it's just kind of a (laughs) self-defeating, silly message. Yogi Berra was great. Okay, but one of the other Yogi axioms was that it gets late early around here. And that's where we are in the Biden administration. It feels really, really late in this guy's presidency. And we've still got about a year to go. So the Republican rhetoric is going to heat up because we don't even have a debate yet. The first one is August 23rd on the Fox News Channel. Brett Baer, Martha McCallum are going to moderate that bad boy. It remains to be seen whether or not Trump is going to be on the stage. But between now and then, these guys are going to beat each other senseless because they know whoever comes out on top is going up against a potential incumbent or heaven forbid he steps aside and hands it to Gavin Newsom. They're going up against somebody who's just a joke. And I got to tell you, I'm not saying that because of any personal animosity. I'm saying that because I've seen what their policies have done to this country. We have people in Washington that don't know what they're doing. Call and speak to Jimmy now. I'm trying to use the phone. 888-788-9910. You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Going to be talking to my buddy Heather Robinson in the next break, but her opening act down in St. Petersburg Beach, Florida. Wally is on the line. Wally! Oh, Jimmy. Jimmy, my radio buddy. There it is. How you doing, pal? Everything good? Oh, man. It's, uh, you, you sound a little wound up today. <laughs> Wally, I'm a passionate man. You know what happened last night? I got four hours of sleep, which is a lot for me. So I'm overstimulated. Too much. Yeah, yeah, too much. Not yeah, good. but listen, there's always you always use the what you're moving Wally's happy hour up in a couple of hours because you got me wound up too. Oh, let's go! All right, let's talk about it. So, what are you thinking? We got this big crowded field. You, it, you know, I go by the fact that you don't. It really doesn't matter who the president is. Mm-hmm. And we're proof of that every day. It's the American people. It's the only thing the president is is the fuel that can allow us to drive faster. And, yes, we have some low-octane fuel right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and the whole country yeah. itself, the whole country itself, we're the bumblebee. <laughs> it, nobody from the outside looking in can look at this country and go, how does it work? How do they do it? Yep. These people 300, people, 300 million people running in different directions, yet they are the most successful in the history of humanity. Yep. 
Uh, no, we listen, we get it done. There's no question about that. So as, as messy as things have gotten here, we are positioned well to turn it right back around. Those are the words of wisdom before everyone goes to happy hour. I know you want to drink when you look at this country. Well, Jimmy, Jimmy, yeah. Jimmy, as your radio buddy, I need one. Uh, I, I got to get an honest answer from you. Am I part of the Phil, a crime family? I, I need to know this. I looked up the Jimmy Brown filler, and I've got to be honest with me. you got to be honest. Listen, we only have 10 seconds before commercial, uh, so I can't make you an offer you can't refuse just yet, but we can take this up again at another time. There he goes. There it is. Back in action in the band playing Michael Jackson, which is odd because this next guest did the moonwalk when she came into the studio. I was surprised. She's, of course, a superstar writer and a friend of ours, to borrow from Mafia Parlance. The great Heather Robinson is here with me right now in the studio, and the crowd goes wild. There it is. Hold on. Hello. It is so good to see you. So great to be in the apple again. You're back in action, Heather. Heather. I'm here. It matters. Um, I don't even want to know what you're doing. I'm just happy to have you here. (laughs) Sometimes I don't ask. You know my New York friends? Uh I don't always ask questions. Uh Like in my background in stand-up, like I started doing comedy clubs in like Brooklyn. Mm Mm-hmm. And, like, half of the guys were, like, racketeers, where you'd okay. be, like, as the MC, you'd be, like, what do you do for a living? And the guy would be, like, go to the next guy. <laughs> you'd be like, whoa, all right, I don't want any trouble. So it's kind of like a, a, a survival uh, mechanism, a self-preservation okay. instinct that I rely on and not asking too many questions. I don't well, know the guy who knows too much. I understand that. That's cool. Well, you know, people will tell you what they want to tell you. you How know? about that? You just well, listen, and it all comes out. All right. Or, or does it not come out? Are you telling me you wouldn't tell us what you're doing here? I'm a pretty open book. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, she's Heather Robinson's an open book, but DeSantis is banning her from elementary school libraries. It's that kind of. I'm kidding. It's not that kind of book. You're a good egg. <laughs> you are, of course, a good egg. Uh, and I, I really, as you know, uh, we've become fast friends yes. in media because we both deal in positive energy. Thank and I tell my audience every day, I'm basically like at my core, I'm like a hippie mm-hmm. who just sounds like he's from like Brook, like Bensonhurst or something. You know what I mean? Because I have this accent, like, hey, you know, but mm-hmm. I'm, you know, pretty well, much. You're a good person. Oh, it comes I guess. Through. It I comes g- through. I guess. Well, this is where we align because I Thank also you. have a lot of family, as you know, out near the Berg where uh-huh. you live uh-huh. in Ambridge, PA. Okay. We've got a lot of Beaver County radio people listening right uh-huh. now. There's uh-huh. a lot. There's a lot. Lot going on in WJAS. Yeah. All the right moves. Thank you. Underrated film. Great. Great part of the country. We could get people. into that. Yes. Well, I think the bigger concern right now is a lot of the movies are going to be remade uh, to embrace an ideology. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So Julia Roberts is going to yeah. be in Pretty Person, you yeah. know, and stuff like that. A few good them. <laughs> I know. Al Pacino and a few good them. It's like there's art and there's politics. And I think, you know, you can mingle a little bit. But I think once the arts become taken over by an ideology, they Mm -hmm. suffer. Yeah, there's a little bit of that going on. The great Heather Robinson is in the studio. Um, Do you feel, because this has become a kind of a focal point on today's show. It's like in a weird way, there's almost like this, I don't know, we're calling it an erasure of women when it comes Mm -hmm. to biological men competing Mm -hmm. against women. But I don't think the official conservative position 
is being represented honestly in this discussion because we're not saying if you're transgender you can't play sports. Mm-hmm. We're essentially just saying you should play in the category you be- biologically belong to. Mm-hmm. But we're mm-hmm. being characterized as murderers. Mm-hmm. Does that mm-hmm. seem a little drastic? Oh, yeah. And, I mean, look, what about the rights of women and girls? I mean, all the, the feminist effort to protect women's rights. I mean, listen, I understand. I, mean, I don't really understand very much about transgenderism, so mm-hmm. I'm not going to say a lot because I don't – you know, it's, yeah. I'm not an expert. But I do know that, you know, young girls do have rights too. And if you're if you're not, to put it bluntly, getting the bottom surgery, you still got a guy's ding dong. It's like I don't really think you have the right to strip down in a young girl's locker room. It's Sorry, like you're saying you need to commit. Well, yeah, yeah, you, you kind of. Go. No, I agree. Listen, I agree in that regard. And the fact that it was happening to girls without their consent. Mm-hmm. You see, this is the trouble of the time we're living in right now. There's this really vast gap between what people believe and what they're willing to say in public. Yeah. Because of the social pressure that comes from sure. defying whatever that orthodoxy happens to be. Right. No one wants to be branded or in the case of a nice person you don't want to be intolerant no and i don't think we really understand a lot some of us about transgenderism and it's a complicated set of issues but i don't think there's any shame in standing up and saying you know women and girls also you know have rights and you know mm-hmm. deserve a chance to to speak about how they feel about this fair heather robinson in studio someone who spoke out on this i'm going to play the clip for the audience uh happens to be the most successful tennis player of all time female tennis player serena williams now i would applaud her for this clip except it's not recent it's 10 years ago when Uh you could say things like this can you give us clip four josh for me, tennis and men's tennis and women's tennis are completely almost two separate sports. So I'm like, if I were to play Andy Murray, I would lose 6-0, 6-0 in five to six minutes, maybe 10 minutes. Because it's, no, no, it's they, true. It's honestly, true. It's a completely, really? it's a completely different sport. The men are a lot faster and me and um, they, they get, they serve harder, they hit harder. It's just a different game. And I love to play women's tennis. And I, I only want to play girls because I don't want to be embarrassed. I would not do the tour. I wouldn't do Billie Jean any justice. So Andy, stop it. Yeah. We're not going to, I'm not going to let you kill me. So that's Serena Williams. And, you know, she's just saying the obvious. But in today's day and age, it's like there's a lot of pressure not to say that. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? That's mm-hmm. just not, it's just not healthy. Like, I'm not trying to even make a political point here. I'm saying, you know, when you really control language on the level that we can't acknowledge biology without fear of losing our jobs, mm-hmm. it's bigger than who gets to compete in what sport. That's mm-hmm. like straight up just controlling a population. Yes. That's the real danger. Yeah. Yes, and I also think that children deserve protection. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think we get into another realm when we're talking about underage people. Mm-hmm. You know, that's universally acknowledged when it comes to anything that straight people might want to do as far as strip mm-hmm. clubs or sex talk or something in the schools. I really think it applies across the board. I don't think this is something that adults should be imposing on children. No, fair point. And I think that's very reasonable. And I don't think, you know, if anyone was listening to this conversation right now, we're not like, let's get them. That's not who we are. Okay, no, we're not no. taking these positions. Of course not. We, we are not anti-anything, okay? And to be honest with you, like, even as activists, that takes a lot more energy than I have. <laughs> I'm just trying to have a conversation, you know? Sure, and, and I'm sure the transgender folk, I mean, they probably are targeted sometimes because anyone who's different, right, mm-hmm. is sometimes, the you know, yeah. gets picked on, and that's not cool, mm-hmm. you know? So I get that. I hear that. Yep, of course. Uh, Let me ask you this. As a 
person who spends a lot of time in Pennsylvania. Uh, have <laughs> hey, have they ever asked to store any classified documents at your home like they have <laughs> in other parts of Pennsylvania? Well, to be honest, Jimmy, I have so much clutter, I probably wouldn't know if there were some. I shouldn't, <laughs> you know. I wondered that a little bit about Trump. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't mean to get into it all, but I kind of mm-hmm. wondered is some of it just like being messy. <laughs> well, what he said is, it's funny because when they asked him, Brett Bear asked him about classified documents. He's like, "Well, I've got golf shirts in those boxes. <laughs> right. I'm not giving back my golf shirts." <laughs> is it possible that that's part of what's going on? Well, like, I would say it's this: his stuff and it's mixed up, and I, you know, I, he didn't think it was anything dangerous. And I, you know. I don't know what the defense there is. I genuinely don't. But on the Biden side, you'd almost have to say that was the case mm-hmm. because it was in his garage. By the Corvette. It's just like sitting in the garage. Like it was like your old records. Uh-huh. Like we don't do a lot of vinyl anymore. Throw this stuff <laughs> in the garage. Clearly Which this is... stuff's all over the place. There's Pence. There's uh-huh. Biden. We got Hillary's tens of thousands of emails. We got Trump. I just think, you know, equal, yes. equal. You know, if oh, it's wrong for world, one, yeah. it's wrong for all. Yeah. So. But we're, I don't feel like we're watching that. That, I think, is the biggest problem right now is mm-hmm. that, you know, there's no way. They would have prosecuted anybody for this, but Trump. Nor did they. No, I, that's a good point too. They didn't. Mm-hmm. What about if we're so serious about it? What about retroactively prosecuting Hillary to be uh, yeah. consistent? Well, that, that won't happen. But that's right? the funny argument: is they're like, well, you know, uh, her and Biden cooperated. I don't think she cooperated. She I destroyed she the emails. Good. Right. That's not cooperation. I mean, I don't know every detail, but no, no. it sounds pretty secretive and yeah. But even so, it's like if the standard for breaking the law is whether or not you cooperate, mm-hmm. that means we could commit a murder, but it, because we cooperate with the investigation. <laughs> like, well, this guy's off the hook. Right. Yeah. It I mean, seems I, a little silly. I do get the distinction uh, yeah. that, that apparently Pence and Biden turned things over yeah. quickly. And mm-hmm. I think, you know, our former President Trump, no secret here, I'm a fan. I, you know, I, I have the impression that he's the type of person who – Sometimes if he thinks something is being done to just harass him mm-hmm. and that it's BS, basically, yeah. he isn't quick to capitulate. The way no. some of us might say, you know, hey, I don't want to, you know, just because I took a picture in a courthouse, why do I have to leave? But like at a certain point, mm-hmm. you know, you, I guess, you, you know, you're supposed to cooperate. Yeah. Heather Robinson, a lot of you guys don't know this. She gets thrown out of a lot of facilities. <laughs> <laughs> what were you covering? You were covering, I believe it was the sentencing for the Tree of Life shooting. Yes. Okay. And you took a picture. Not in the courtroom, okay. which of course I understand can't yes. be done. Mm-hmm. I mean, for good reason. You uh-huh, don't want fair. witnesses yeah. or, you know. And jury um, and everything like that. feel funny. It was, I, but I misunderstood an instruction and I was in the media overflow room okay. where everybody's eating Cheetos and uh-huh. on their laptops and I, in a, in a moment of vanity, I took a selfie. And, and I shouldn't have done it, but I, you know, a U.S. marshal came and uh-huh. escorted me out, and I said, "Is this like a little bit of an overreaction?" <laughs> and that was not the thing to say. And, and I was very unceremoniously booted, and I'm not proud of it. But I'm saying that maybe, like, not to compare myself to President Trump, but you know, it was the kind of thing that I do think was a little bit of an overreaction. Meaning, other people might have, might have, they would have used some discretion. Well, yeah, and I think that maybe somebody might have said, "Okay, you're warned. Don't yeah. do it again." Uh-huh. I, and I wouldn't have uh-huh. in a million years. It was a mistake. It was an uh-huh. honest mistake. But I think that maybe sometimes our former president maybe is the type of guy who instead of saying, you know, yes, yes, oh, here, you know. And, you know, I think we see this in, in different parts of society where, some, you know, it's like, yes, we have to respect authority. We have to respect our police and our U.S. marshals and everything. But we don't live in a police state. And mm-hmm. I think some of us, whether we're, you know – 
African-Americans, whether we're former President Trump, whether we're me, you know, certain types of people maybe feel like we shouldn't have to be scared if we make an honest mistake. You know, we shouldn't have to be like handcuffed and tossed to the ground. And, (laughs) you know, so I think there's a little bit of tension sometimes. Yeah. Things like that. Well, we were definitely living in that world for a while on social media, too. And I think we just finally outgrew it, Mm -hmm. you know, because there was a time in this country where it felt like we were getting out of bed every day and someone was about to have their life thrown away. Someone we didn't know. Mm-hmm. who had tweeted something or made a joke, and they were right. like, that's the end of that guy. Oh, sure, and there's a, that. That was a lifestyle for a while, and what mm-hmm. I think happened is I think we just outgrew it because mm-hmm. we realized, you know, a lot of the stuff that's going on on Twitter, um, to be honest with you, most of it is very inconsequential, Yeah, and it's almost a luxury. I think one of the reasons the outrage mob has lost power, sadly, is because the quality of life has deteriorated in the country. Mm-hmm. You know, when things are going well and you're in a better economy, you got time to get mad at comedians for telling jokes. Mm-hmm. But now that we're starting to resemble a third world nation, yeah. you know, they don't cancel a lot of comics, right. you know, down in the third world. Well, the, right. These are first world problems and issues to pick at each other yep. on Twitter. It's, it's what it is. And a lot of times, you know, social media, I always say this, Heather. Twitter is like a fight club. You remember the movie Fight Club? Mm-hmm. But it's for people who don't want to get hit. They just want to get in the fight. You know what I mean? <laughs> so you just tweet anything you want, Heather Robinson. Someone will reply within two replies. Yeah. You're the worst. Yeah, and I've tried to learn to not. You you know, yeah. you, you've reminded me not to argue too much, you mm-hmm. know, with random folk because it's, it's – it yeah, gets... Because you're getting in a road rage argument with someone who's not on the same highway as you. Mm-hmm. That's where Twitter is so stupid. Right, and we don't know each other. They no. Don't, it's, and it's, it's, like, it's, it's crazy. You, you think about 99% of what we do on social media, you wouldn't do to someone's face. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't do it. You wouldn't just walk up to a stranger and start screaming at them about their political views. Right. I mean some people would, uh, right. but you know those people get popped in the face. And they never convince anyone. No, no. People, you got to respect your your audience, and you know I think you're great at that. Oh, Heather, come on, (laughs) she's reading right off the card I gave her, so don't fall for it. (laughs) Um, But that's the truth. We we were saying this off the air. If you're trying to convert people to your way of political thinking, you'd get more done just by being a cool person Mm -hmm. than you would by being a convincing person. It's true. Or you can be both. Of course, but the point (laughs) is. Uh, you could be the most academic, articulate speaker in the world. If right. people hate your political views, mm-hmm. they're not coming around to your way of seeing things if they just think your personality is grating. Uh-huh. So they don't want to align with you. Yeah, People want to do what makes them feel good. Well, That's yeah. part of the Democrat hustle is you feel good voting for a lot of the things they say mm-hmm. because it sounds like you're genuinely trying, oh, I want to save the planet. And being inclusive, yeah, yeah, yeah. which is a great value and important, but it's like if these policies aren't working. Yeah. You know? Think about the Inflation Reduction Act. It incre- uh-huh. it, inflation reduction increased inflation. Mm-hmm. But you wanted to vote for it because you're like, well, inflation's bad. I want to I want to lower inflation. I'll vote right. for the Inflation Reduction Act. Yeah. That's what they do well. They pass bills called Save the Puppies. You're like, well, I got to vote for Save the Puppies. It's emotional. A lot of yeah. conservatism is common sense. Yeah, I that's think. what I mean. It's a, it, that's the divide. Yeah. So on one end of it, they're like pushing feelings. Yeah. You know, on the other side, f- pushing slightly more facts. But the truth is, both yeah. of them just really like spending money. That's mm-hmm. the biggest challenge the country really faces. Mm-hmm. Is at the tippy top of this thing, they're just one party with a big checkbook, mm-hmm. and they love writing checks. Mm-hmm. That's where Trump, and I know you're a big supporter, and I'm mm-hmm. not begrudging him that, mm-hmm. but that's where Trump is such a liability to their way of doing business mm-hmm. because he yes. wasn't that guy. COVID yes. turned him into a situation where he wound up increasing the deficit because of COVID spending. But yeah. it, was, it was a pandemic. But, you know, we had to do something, Jimmy. 
I, you know, I love President Trump, and I, you know, a lot of people criticized him for things. But keep in mind, you know, he's not a doctor. We, he, and everybody was told by the mental, by the, the health professionals, that, listen, we, we did yeah, lose a, a million yeah. Americans. Mm-hmm. So even though I don't agree with the lockdowns and all that, mm-hmm. um, I think that he was in a tough spot. Yeah. You know, what's he supposed to do? Say, you know, screw you, doc. No, um, because the, the narrative every day was we're all going to die because of him. That was yeah. the narrative. No, his hand was forced in a unique way. I agree with that. But what I think is disingenuous is everyone was on board with increasing COVID spending. There was nobody that was going to get out there and say, no, don't fund it. Mm-hmm. You know, there was, nobody was going to say that. Uh-huh. But now in the aftermath, what people are trying to do, like Joe Biden, this is disingenuous. He's like, well, we've cut spending. But they didn't cut spending. Some of the COVID commitments have expired. Mm-hmm. Cutting mm-hmm. spending is like we're going to do less of this. But right. that's not actually true. No, a lot, sure. of, lot of sleight of hand ridiculousness. Oh, for sure. For that's sure. why we appreciate your calm voice in the huddle. Thank you. Heather, I'm not going to try not to get emotional. I know you do have to run. We've got a commercial break. It's so nice to have you in New York, though. So great to see you. Is it as wonderful as you remember it? Yeah, it's well, it's you know, it's a little changed, but mm-hmm. it's it's the city's holding. It's hanging in. I'm very sorry to see a lot of former Mayor Giuliani's legacy, you know, be eroded. Yeah, yeah. But the city's city's still here. <laughs> it's still here. <laughs> That's an endorsement. Now, uh, now you know why she doesn't work as a tourism ambassador. Come to New York. It's still here, everybody. That's <laughs> so funny. Good stuff, Heather. We'll see you at the travel agency. Okay. It's America's number one radio lunch date. Get your hands out of my fries. Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Buy your own damn fries. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. We give one more round of applause for Heather Robinson on her way out the door. I loved it. Heather has a fantastic article about honoring Vietnam POWs. It is in the New York Post. Just look up Heather Robinson. You'll love everything she writes. She's a great hang on the radio. She's a great read in the paper, on the intranet, all of it. Heather Robinson. Give it a go. Uh, you are wealthier for the time, uh, the investment thereof. Uh, but quickly, we have to pivot as we close the show. Uh, not exactly on a high note, uh, OceanGate now confirming uh, the loss of life of everyone who was on the vessel, the submersive, that was heading to the Titanic. They believe the Titan sub crew has perished in its entirety. Uh, they believe this was the end result of a catastrophic implosion. Uh, which would mean we do believe, based on what we know from the reporting, they died instantly, uh, which I know, you know, as a silver lining guy, you know, this is not a happy story. This is not a fun story. Uh, but I think we can all be thankful that they did not suffer. Uh, but we close the show with a reminder, as I do every day, even when the news gets grim like this. I say it every damn day. Okay, this is one of those reminders uh, that you are alive and you are still employed in the fun business. Okay, I know it's weird to talk fun in this moment, but the truth is when that other moment comes, the only thing you're going to wish is that you had more fun. So get out there tonight, whether you're watching me on TV with Sean Hannity or you're going to the bar or you're watching a ball game and just have a good time. Damn it. It's my life advice every day. Be a Republican, be a Democrat. Just don't be a.
from the Fox News Podcasts Network. Subscribe and listen to the Trey Gowdy Podcast. Former federal prosecutor and four-term U.S. congressman from South Carolina brings you a -a one-of-a-kind podcast. Subscribe and listen now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com. Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.